Blog Talk Radio. not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind might offend you, this may not be the show for you, but I'm kind of hoping that it is, because it's going to be a good one tonight. Anyway, Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself. Get her candles. They are limited edition while you can. The amazing Dorothy Morrison, wickedwitchstudios.com. Check it out. Check out the website. She's got all your favorites right now. Rich Bitch, St. Dorothy the Wicked. You know how hard that is to get kids. Go out and get it, www.wickedwitchstudios.com. And my guest for the hour is the amazing Diana Rochelle. I am so excited. Wait till you hear about what she's doing. Hey, how you doing? I am doing pretty good. Uh, I've been mostly surviving the madness of 2020 and looking at 2021, looking for where it's going to say hold my beer, but it's okay. (laughs) So what have you been doing during the pandemic? I mean, everybody's, you know, had to find alternate ways to get, you know, their name out there, their work out there. Have you been doing anything online? What's your presence? How you feeling? Have you been taking good care of yourself? How's your how's your life partner? How's everything happening? You know, tell me tell me how it's going. Oh dear, that might actually take up the whole hour. But so <laughs> shortly, yeah, yeah. Uh, about a week after we did uh, the show, the spot that I did with you last year, I was supposed yeah. to go to Paganicon in Minneapolis to do my book launch for Urban Magic: A Guide for the City Witch. And Paganicon, because of COVID, got canceled. And it's almost ironic the way it's coming around today is I was supposed to do this shop, this launch with Eye of Horus because I've worked with them forever. I love them, love them, love them. And my heart's really going out to them today because one of the co-owners, Jane, just passed away today. And one of the last conversations. Yeah, me too. She was such a cool lady. And she was, mm. she and her wife, Tracy, were such a big part of the Twin Cities community, and I lived there for 12 years. And one of yeah. the last conversations she and I had was, you know, there's this COVID stuff spreading. I don't think it's going to be that bad. We really wanted to have you. And it was just one of those where I was looking at going, you know, I just have a bad feeling about this. I'm going to say no. Yep. And so I had rescheduled from, I was supposed to stay with a friend in Seattle, so it really could have been bad, and she convinced me not to do that. And a month before, mm-hmm. I had taught Urban Magic and a class on empath management at Convocation in Detroit. So that ended mm-hmm. up being the last, last convention I was going to do, like for all of 2020, not the intention, because right. my plan had been mm-hmm. to, you know, come back you know, do do come back from Minneapolis, take a couple of weeks off, and then basically just drive down the Pacific Coast, <laughs> and, you mm-hmm. know, and push my book. Clearly, that could not happen. Sure. And so yeah. instead, I had met this person at Convocation, and we clicked on multiple levels. They ended up coming with me to my empath class, which I was expecting 12 people, maybe with kids, and it ended up being 55 uh-huh. people in sensitivity crisis. And this person, yeah, it was like, oh, okay, no pressure. <laughs> and and right. this person was stepping up and covering stuff that I never even would have thought of in all of the years of development that I've had on this work. So yeah. I decided to, since I still had the flight tickets and, you know, empty house, recently divorced, okay, I, I decided to change my flight to Chicago. They came out to pick me up. And so I was staying yeah. with them at their house when shelter in place hit San Francisco and my flights got canceled. And then three days mm. later, because they're in Kalamazoo, Michigan, 
shelter in place hit there and I couldn't go anywhere. So, wow. Yeah, as it turned out, um, so so now now the situation is they are a one they are my life partner and they are a partner in a business we've established here that's a spiritual consultancy for when stuff gets so weird your local tarot reader is hiding under the table. Hello. <laughs> so, and I am also starting a business with one of my best friends in San Francisco that we've been trying to do for the last five years. And finally getting that off the ground because she, of course, by necessity, she works for Martunis, which is the a piano bar in San Francisco. Uh, it's a tiny, tiny oh. bar. Obviously, it has to be closed until things are entirely clear. Sure. So, you know, I haven't really been promoting as much, so much as I've been doing behind the scenes. I've been teaching workshops through Wicked Grounds in San Francisco. For those that are unfamiliar, Wicked Grounds is a kink positive coffee shop that happens to be owned nice. by someone who is a member of the OTO and who is a Kabbalist in their own oh. way. So nice. it's a really cool place. I haven't been this year because in November I got COVID. <laughs> so to COVID missers, fuck you. <laughs> Thank also, you. this is not the Thank flu. you. Yeah. Um, right. This is not exactly. The yeah. And I am a COVID long hauler. It's not nearly as severe as some people, but there have been moments where, you know, my partner and our kids can see me having cognitive blip moments and some really, you know, and, and you know, there's like post-stress because my divorce was final last June. So it was just the here, hello, new relationship. Let's put you in a pressure cooker. Okay, keep going. And then that happened, which derailed some things that we were making progress on. But given that the whole world is derailed, it's not as yeah. hard as it could be to get back on track. So <laughs> during, that, yeah, during that time, I was also working on hex twisting, which I was working on last year when we were talking. And uh-huh. that is due out this fall. And, you know, yep. that came from a bunch of stuff that was getting pulled while I was in San Francisco. Some traceable to an ex-boyfriend, some traceable to... What of my, to my ex-wife's partner, who is a piece of complicated yuck, <laughs> and okay. of which is gotcha. just, it's just me being me, and apparently that annoys people. <laughs> so, but it well, ended up someone being who is professionally. I'm a professional person. I I annoy people professionally, so this is my fucking job. Um, yeah. Therefore, when I saw the name of this book, and you know, it's under it's it's um, it's subtitle of Counter Magic Spells for the Irritated Witch. I'm like somebody been watching my ass because, quite frankly, uh, that which does not kill me makes me want to beat the shit out of a motherfucker all day long. I'm just saying. Oh yeah. My level oh, yeah. of annoyance is through the fucking roof. This book is perfectly timed. Now that we're starting to come out of a little bit of the COVID stuff, and have you gotten your taste buds back? Did you ever lose them? How are you feeling now? So what's happening with me now is I didn't really lose them, and this is something we noticed because my partner had it along with me. And when we got okay. diagnosed, when we got our positive tests, our we have shared custody, and our kids were with us. Thank God they didn't get it. I'm hoping it had something to do with the flu mm-hmm. shots. I don't know. Um, uh-huh. So our kids were fine. My partner lost their sense of taste and smell, but they also got hit harder initially than I did. And mm-hmm. from what we've been track, from what we can track, is the people that get harder initially that come out of it generally don't mm-hmm. have the long haul stuff to get all the crap out of the way at first. And so ah. they got it. They had enough energy to get up, go to the bathroom once a day, come back to bed and pass out. Wow. Was, yeah. I had the other kind where I had the insomnia. And, of course, uh-huh. you know, I'm an anxiety-driven person in my best days. And so right. what happened with me is that I was able to get up. I am an herbalist. I have, like, 25 years practical experience creating medicines and I'd been keeping track of how inflammatory it was and the things you'd normally take for a cold to make them go away, like elderberry, that kind of thing could actually make it really dangerous yeah. for you because they stimulate your cytokines. So I came up with some medicine oh. that, you know, since he fortunately has, my partner said he fortunately has no sense of smell because it smelled as bad as it tasted. <laughs> oh my. That kept wow. the coughing to a minimum because I'm a severe asthmatic. 
And uh-huh. I'm working on a formula now because what, as far as I've been able to understand, and I'm not a medical professional, this is just me as an herbalist go, figuring out how things work from a very Western perspective, is yeah. it seems like it attacks your nervous system and your blood vessels together, which is not what a normal flu virus does. And right. so, wow. so I was like digging up things for reinforcing your blood, for, blood vessels like hawthorn berry. And mm. so, what, so what was happening to me is I would get these like stab headaches in parts of my head that I don't normally get Ugh. with a cold or congestion. Yeah. And, so mm-hmm. it, and, and I would feel, and it would feel like there was a swollen blood vessel there, which is freaking scary. And I'm sure. but I was the one who was able to get up, make us some medicine, make sure the kids were masked up, make sure they got fed and did their schoolwork yeah. because we've been doing at home school. You know, we were actually mm-hmm. being super, super careful because I have uh, uh, because I have immune compromisation, and we still sure. got it because, as far as I can tell, it was either because there is one day because you know what, no matter how strong you are, sometimes you cave. And Michigan's had some. Well, Michigan's just weird, <laughs> and we just <laughs> caved and went into a restaurant because it didn't look like there were that many people there. But I don't think that's yeah. when we got it because it actually does um, incubate faster than yeah. it was originally. I suspect mm-hmm. what happened is that, you know, I'm still a resident of California. My partner went to vote because voting seemed really important to us last November. And, yes, of course, they had to vote, and there were assholes showing up with no masks to prove I don't know what. Yeah. Right. So Dishbags. And, and of course, everyone there, because they have those voter ID laws, had to pull down their mask, which meant there was a period of exposure. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that was just great. Um, so I suspect that's what happened just from the way it came about, because, like, mm-hmm. you know, and there was so much anxiety around the voting stuff. I ended up making a video to help people calm down. Like this was the thing I could contribute at the time. And yeah. it was within two days of that, there were like texts that come back from, you know, I have a private office here where I can, that, that is part of this wonderful pagan owned meadery that, uh-huh. that I don't know if you're familiar with the guy that owns uh, that runs three pagans and a cat, that podcast, but he's one of the owners here. And so yeah, they so just I bought up the building. So they're yeah. like, yeah. So they're moving wow. different people in. And my partner yeah. happens to go to a pagan church out here that he yeah. is also a member of, and they run a food shelf out of this building that is the pagans need food shelf that is for the whole community, but is a pagan run food yeah. shelf. So yeah. like it, it kind of worked out to this, okay, you needed to break from San Francisco. So we've given you a nest to land in. We know you're a workaholic. Here's a place to work. Now just please try to live through this. <laughs> right. Um, Right. And so what's been happening now is I'm still having cognitive moments. I get periodic stab headaches that are definitely not sinus. And it's been getting better, but I've been having to be very insistent on eating, you know, eating healthy Mediterranean diet type stuff and sourcing herbs as I can to help with the cognitive stuff because it hasn't been easy. So. Yeah, so like my next book, I was supposed to have started by now, but I'm planning on co-writing a book on urban divination with Jamie Elford, and she did Tarot Inspired really? Life. She's so cool. She's awesome. We did a class at PantheaCon last year called Urban Divination. We had so much fun constructing a divination uh-huh. method and pointing to ways you can use the tools you already use to start a conversation with your city spirit. So, but nice. right now she's been she's been going through some stuff with her wife and. We're trying to get me back to the point where my brains are not quite so fried. <laughs> so, yeah. Before, you know, I did yeah. notice that COVID and COVID-related things, you know, there's been so much time to have introspection, you know, when you can't go anywhere and you're not distracted by the rest of your life because you have to stay home. You know, I yeah. noticed a lot of relationships went into flux or just died. And it seemed like a lot of folks just kind of have been, you know, changing partners or meeting new people in a weird way or going back to old people. It's just interesting 
to watch what's happened, you know, over the past year since COVID really became a thing in this country, even though it was here before it was ever announced, obviously, because it didn't just show up one day and say, hi, I'm here. Um, but I, I just found it really interesting, the, the level of change that folks have been going through since it started on an emotional level. Have you noticed that? I was just curious. I have. Well, I ended up, you know, I'm basically 2,000 miles away from most of the relationships that I had going. And, ah. you know, for Cordy, yeah, I am polyamorous, as is my partner. And for me, partly because I tend to be an introvert, so I have friends that drive me a little crazy because they always want to see me more than I want to see them. And it's not them. It's just that's how much people I can take. And right. so w- one of my partners who is still in San Francisco, they're similar. So effectively our relationship hasn't changed at all until recently because we've started finally to feel the separation, but it took us a good six months Yeah. because wow. he travels, I travel, we have different interests and most of our relationship involved having Sambuca, cheese, and cuddling, <laughs> which is not a bad, it's not a bad thing to base a relationship on, as long as you can find the good Sambuca. But, um, <laughs> you know, for us, because we're both so introverted, it's the, we were able to, you know, for us, having the online contact hasn't been too bad. We've been able to share things. There's another right. person where we are still miraculously talking. We had our first date the week of PantheaCon last February, and we're still waiting for a second date. And we, you know, we check wow. in, we try to check wow. in once a week, and, you know, they do have a full two full-time partners in San Francisco, and that's working great for them. I'm really happy for them, but it's also the, even if you see people, like we've been doing COVID circles, as in, okay, who are you exposed to? How are you exposed? Because if I'd stayed in San Francisco, I'd basically be living alone. And yeah. that, you know, that degree of isolation would even be too much for me. And so I had to go back mm-hmm. to move all of my stuff out of my house in August until we can figure out what the heck we're going to do. And so what we ended up doing is, you know, I called one of, I called my business partner ahead because she'd been going in and out of my house for to send me stuff, to get things shipped out for the business, you know, to get books out to people. And yeah. what we had to do is basically, like, make our Venn diagrams of how likely exposure was to go, okay, then, you know, it's okay for, you know, Nikki, for us to go to dinner to, at Nikki's house because there's literally no one else they've seen aside from this other couple that's not going anywhere for two months. And we had to do things that way, which was, you know, it was kind of exhausting. So I had my 45th birthday while I was in San Francisco. And fortunately, uh-huh. and this is right before the fires hit. And oh, gosh. It, it was kind of like, so what we did is because there was a little door that opens, uh, that opened in the front door of my house. So people uh-huh. came up and knocked on the door to say happy birthday to me and leave things so we could talk through the door from however far apart so, so everyone was safe. Right. And it was just so surreal. You know, it was nice because I actually did have all of the people that I've been closest to over the last five years. And a bunch of us were able to go to Stern Grove, which is this hidden park in San Francisco, because the police are only responding to violent crimes. So we were able to stay in the park after dark, which we haven't been able to do in forever. And so I possibly got the coolest birthday party I've ever had, social distance. And it's right. in the section of the park where there's all these stone tiers, so everyone was kind of spread out but able to talk. And so it's this I had a fantastic experience I could not have had without the pandemic. On the other hand, <laughs> pandemic. Well <laughs> That's amazing. This is the perfect yeah. the perfect party for an introvert. It, it, it really is. For me, you know, with all of the, the stress and the crises I've gone over the last five years, there's been this slightly unsympathetic, okay, now you motherfuckers know how I've been feeling. <laughs> but, right? But, yeah, it's true. Yeah. But it's also the, I have not been entirely unprepared for this. So it, it, it's just, the whole thing is just so strange. And, you know, I could put all my political rage out there, but nobody needs to hear it. It's nothing helpful or new. And 
what it comes down to is shit happened. Shit yeah. happened, and yeah, it got handled badly because we were living in an age where we thought we had this stuff covered and we didn't. And I do think that a lot of people avoid introspection because they're afraid of what they're going to hear themselves think. And I think that some of those shadows have been really coming out now. I agree. I've seen a lot of people go through a lot of heavy-duty changes. Some good, some not so good. But, you know, whatever gets you to your growth point, you know, because if if you stay the same and you're not changing and you're not learning anything, and sometimes during a pandemic, that's hard to do, you know, it's, you want to stay home and uh, listen the the quarantine 15 everybody's heard me joke i have a quarantine 33 i'm not even kidding food and i mm-hmm. got really close again during this pandemic we i have made friends with some items that like ice cream hello um <laughs> yeah i i need to not do that so i'm really looking forward to at some point this year probably later in the year being able to like go outside more and you know enjoy like because we have very narrow sidewalks here but Mm. we like our neighbors and we want to be able to see people and go out and you know do things and walk around and go to shops and yeah I mean there's there's rumors that it's getting better I don't know I mean I haven't seen the evidence of it yet I know a lot of people are getting vaccinations. I'm immunocompromised myself. I have Crohn's disease, so I have to be particularly careful. So I'm with you on that. So it's, yeah, you know, so I'm just kind of like doing my bit to stay away from other folks. And, you know, like I have things delivered because I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to do that. So I do that to take myself out of the equation as much as possible. I realize other folks can't do that, but um, if we try to like be responsible for each other and lessen our numbers outside and maybe get this thing under control, then we can all go see each other, which would be lovely because I miss people. But I did realize during all of this that as much of an extrovert as I am, I like being home (laughs) a lot. (laughs) I've learned a lot about myself. Frightening. Yes. Tell me about text twisting. Because, first of all, I love the name, but, you know, the subtitle is, again, Counter Magic Spells for the Irritated Witch. As someone who is well known for being irritated on a daily basis, it feels like you wrote this book specifically for me. So, um, and I'm always irritated. So how did you get to this book? I mean, I love it. It's amazing. I know. I seem so nice, right? But <laughs> mm-hmm. what, what, so I, I, I've kind of gone through life and my family kind of sucks and we're all magic practitioners, although not all of us are out about it. And I, mm-hmm you know, occasionally run across people who decide to try to solve their arguments with, instead of with logic, with throwing shit. And it did come to a head. And one, it was tiresome. Two, maybe it's just me or maybe it's something I was supposed to learn from this lifetime. I don't know, but I kept encountering this stuff. And I Mm -hmm. also noticed, three, that there is a certain standard set of things people are told to do especially to be quote-unquote nice witches. And the problem with those things is, one, not all of them work for every situation. Two, they are often represented as the be-all and end-all of the, if you're all the way to the mirror box, then you're done. And three, Mm. it doesn't always take into account when some of those things are perhaps done unfairly. So, you know... Looking at that, and because I do have this absolute fascination with folk magic, if you've looked at urban magic, obviously I tend to set fire to the box rather than just get out of it. But yeah, I was was looking at it from kind of a reverse engineering perspective, and then I started getting more creative. So especially since, like, there were some people who – 
I would have a friend who would help me track down and track down some of the issues. And there's like a section in curse diagnostics and at least two cases, it was something where someone was throwing shit explicitly because they felt like I ignored them. So one, I'm an introvert Two, I actually can be painfully shy. So what may be read as ignoring is not necessarily, but what it comes down to is I should not be responsible or subject to someone else's lack of emotional regulation. At the same time, sure. throwing back is giving them my attention, which is what they want. And I don't want to do that. So I came up with different things like redirecting instead of reversing. And using that energy to say curry favor with a spirit that might have more use for that energy than I do. So because more revenge can be fun, revenge is also sometimes expensive and tiresome. And, you know, I've got a huge stack of books to read and I like to garden. And once in a while, I actually do like talking to people. And I can't be doing that if I'm always climbing through somebody else's psychological crap. True. Thus, heck twisting. Mm, I like it. I don't yeah, like it. And because it, it, you, it, it, let me ask you a question. Yeah. I, I need to ask a question first, though. So, is this specifically for folks that are 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 being messed with by other magical practitioners? It, meaning, is this something that you can you would specifically wait or use against? Um, I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like using magic. Uh, against someone who is not a practitioner is almost a, an unfair advantage. Although, if you have the advantage, why not use it? See, I argue with myself about all kinds of shit all day long. Um, but is it specifically for redirecting, you know, that kind of negative energy by another practitioner? So uh, it is initially it was caused by that, but I would not say it would specifically apply to that. And I know that you haven't been able to go okay. through everything. There is a section in the back right. because, and this is this is the running argument I have with my with my life partner. I'm a big believer in being proactive. So I would <laughs> rather have my warding set so that somebody basically gets get, gets the wily e. coyote explosion in the face the first minute they even try poking at me. They feel like this is yeah. excessive, but you know, we, we, we've hit a point where I am just kind of done with everybody's shit. <laughs> and I, and so, I'm, I'm like you in that regard, because I'm like, burn the fucking house down now. Just do it. Yeah. Because then there won't be a next time. Yeah. Because I get annoyed. Yeah. And, and the pro, yeah. and this is the problem is that when we get annoyed and angry, it is effectively like being drunk at times. So we may not always mm. slow down and get the whole context to realize that blowing it up might create another problem. And so do you ever watch The Good Place? Have you ever watched that show? No. Never have. You would, okay, it's really, really funny. And I recommend anybody who has any kind of moral or ethical anything watch this show because it runs through the concepts really well while still being hilarious. But there's one okay. character who is dumb as a box of rocks, and he approaches life with, when I have a problem, I throw a Molotov pot cocktail. Whole new problem. And it gives <laughs> me some pause because that was a little too descriptive of me. <laughs> but Oops. the thing I want to point out is for using it on non-magical practitioners, yes, it's the advantage or disadvantage. What I would suggest you do is uh -huh. kind of create, like, and for me, I like to get out and draw things. So, and I am this over-analytical at times, is I will get out and draw a person's sphere of power and influence. They may not have magical ability or use it. One, they may have subconscious magical ability. If they have the power and money, if they can screw with you in other ways. Mm -hmm. If they can, you know, I do have someone in my life who basically holds the purse strings and she can do whatever the hell she wants, and she does. And so I have to stop and go, okay, here's the way this person is using influence Here's how they're using it unfairly. Here's the consequence of me responding to that influence and looking at the whole picture to create a strategy before I dive in and start. And wow. so how clear headed of you. <laughs> I have my moments. I have my moments. You are very Yeah, but that's very I mean, that's very analytical and very practical. I have a fucking temper. 
Yep. <laughs> it's a it's a beastly one. I recognize this fact. Um and sometimes I get a little ahead of myself and I know I shouldn't. So I think this book might help tame that down a little bit if I yeah. come up with some more more strategies as opposed to just losing my shit on someone because it got very close today. I have a day job and I work with a lot of folks who like to poke the bear as it were, Mm. just because they can. And um, it's not, it's not really meant with malice, but sometimes, do you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, I'm going to hurt you. I I just want to hurt you because you're annoying me. And that's a good enough reason for me sometimes, and it really needs to not be. So I guess I just need to, you know, really dive into this book, which is being released in the fall for anybody listening. Uh, and I will tell you from what I have read of it, highly recommend because Diana goes through not just practical things to do um, on redirecting some stuff that's coming at you from, say, another practitioner, but she also dives into things like what's the difference between a jinx and a hex and a curse. I mean, it's really cool because I didn't even think there were differences. I would say there's a big difference between a jinx and a curse. A jinx just wants to – a a jinx is like a kid tripping you in class, and a curse Mm -hmm. is basically trying to bring the whole ceiling down on you. Yeah, I'm guilty. (laughs) I mean, there are levels. Well, I mean, I admit it. Uh, Listen, I am not a perfect witch. I'm not a perfect fucking anything, obviously. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you already know who you're dealing with. Um, But the fact of the matter is, you know, even I recognize the fact that maybe some kind of controlled um, response might be better than the one I sometimes give. Um, And I'm sure I'm not the only one with a temper. I'm almost 60. I'm an older witch. I have a lot less time for bullshit. And Mm -hmm. I think this book is going to be a really big help for me to not fly off the handle nearly as much because it does help if you, I mean, if you go off half-cocked, you're going to do half-assed magic anyway. It's really good to get the facts. Listen, I'm the first to admit that I've been bitten by my own fucking spell work um, because I didn't pay attention and I didn't get the facts and I wound up throwing shit that I didn't fucking need to throw. And sometimes Mm -hmm. if you're not careful, you're going to throw at the wrong fucking person. And that's a mess. You don't want to be doing that. I learned that one the fucking hard way. So if you have, if you're like me and you tend to kind of go off half cocked a little bit, maybe, maybe, maybe you'll want to take a more measured approach, and this book will help you do that. Yeah, you know, I, I am far from a harm none kind of witch, but I am a harm very selectively. So yeah, because you do have to think about the long term consequences, and for me. I do have a temper, but it, it it does not fire off without a lot of stuff behind it. I'm a rapid processor, yeah. so it may look like it fires off a lot faster than it actually does, just because, mm-hmm. you know, even even with my brain limping from illness recovery, I still process faster than a lot of people. So I will come to my conclusion sometimes before time catches up, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I have to slow down. Um, I know the other thing, and this is a big part of work that I that kind of overlapped with while I was writing this book, is I'm very much an empath. And this is not the I'm a special snowflake empath. It's a, oh, shit, I really need to work on my filters kind of empath. And I hmm. And there's a whole lot of the softer stuff and talking about people's trauma and mistaking other people's feelings for my own, like their anger. And so one of the yeah, things that was, big. it is. And so one of the things that was helping me with my partner, with my with my life partner, because this, this is some of the work they do, which is barely the tip of the iceberg, is they've been teaching me to interact with my emotions on an animistic level. So if my anger is getting too strong, I'm reminding it, yeah, you have you have all these opinions and all this evidence, but you need to step back and give me some breathing room. 
and talking to these different emotions of the, okay, yeah, I'm really depressed. I miss my partners. Okay, sad. I hear you, but I need you to dial it down just a little bit because, you know, nobody's lost. We're all just far away. And yeah. this has been helping me with maintaining that clear headedness. So I don't have, I don't find myself throwing without a reason. I usually didn't before, but in mm-hmm. terms of the, in terms of being able to dial it down, my aim has gotten much better when I've had to. Yeah, that's good. You know, when your magic is effective, you do do less of it. And it gives you more time to read about other cool shit. (laughs) That's true, too. It does. And it gives you time to write about other cool shit as well, if you're a writer, which you are. So that's helpful. But I, I just feel that, you know, isolation, a lot of folks have said to me that while they've been isolated, um, they feel really far away from their practice. Is that something mm-hmm. that happened with you? Were you were you picking up on that as well? Well, I ended up being ro- relocated from a large city to a suburban space for the time being, but I'm near a city that wants to be a large city. So a few things that uh-huh. I want to point out, because I had people even from Mumbai, I had an urban designer from Mumbai message me on Instagram after she read Urban Magic, is, huh. okay, so you pointed out that the narrow sidewalks are a problem, but if you mask up, um, COVID does not transmit in two to five seconds. It takes a little longer. Like, you basically have to get mm-hmm. a breath full. So going for a walk would still yeah. probably be okay. And so if you are yeah. a very outdoorsy person, and, like, Urban Magic is a very outdoorsy book, you get out in your city. And so a lot of it is as long as you're willing to keep moving or just stay away from people and find the spots that people aren't inhabiting, you still have that opportunity to practice. Now, for me, again, I was basically living by myself, and there are some practices that have fallen off, and I don't like that they've fallen off, but it is also me adapting to living with more people. So, for example, Uh I had a coffee with my ancestors practice that just weirds out my partner because they don't deal with the dead. (laughs) And when the kids were, yeah, and when it's like, you know, four feet of snow on the porch, I'm not going to be able to go out on our porch and have coffee with them. So Mm -hmm. that's been, it's been an adjustment. So, and because we are in a smaller space than I was, I can't do the elaborate spells and rituals like I used to. So I've had to shift my practice. So in yeah. recent months, I've really gotten into exploring. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Gallery of Magic. They're 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 kind That's of a familiar. ritual order that have kind of unritualed the order, and so everything is very sigil work and concentration and psychic work, which is different from what I normally do. But I'm enjoying the challenge because it's different from what I normally do, and it is also one right. hell of a lot more portable than what I normally do. So yeah, but there's also yeah, <laughs> yeah but. Yeah, you know, fortunately, pagan-owned business that owns the building that we rent our offices in, and so I also have space when I finally get things set up here because we're moving my herbal production for my shop, Golden Apple, and I come here to write. And at some point, I probably will have a ritual space, but I will probably have to give up candles to work here safely. So Ooh. it it's yeah, and so one of the things one of the things that's spinning in my mind, if not as a book, as a potential article series is witchcraft without altars and talking about those different methods because (laughs) I've moved around so much that, and I have a friend who wanted to write a book with me on, on travel, witchcraft while traveling. And she had some good ideas about it. Although she's very, I really think I, I, I hope she does not take this the wrong way. And she might, because she took this as one of the harshest criticisms ever. And I realized that, because she and I used to write Daria fan fiction and she, she is very food focused at times. This is something that gives her a great deal of joy in life. And I uh-huh. kind of suspect that deep down, she really wants to write a recipe book and I think she should just do it because it keeps showing up in weird ways. <laughs> and Interesting. I'm just like, you love food, go love food. It's okay. <laughs> and I know yeah, so some people have real like, blockages about yeah. stuff like that and I don't know why some of it is we put a lot of shame into food I'm a larger woman myself and I used to run a, a plus size fashion blog called Fat Chic was, mm-hmm. and it was tagged it's not about trying to look thin because I would get 
so many marketers trying to talk about, well, if you strap yourself into this thing, that will eventually break your spine. <laughs> and no, it's thank the, you. you know, but we have so much shame loaded into that. And, and about the same time, I got really into working with Julia Cameron's The Artist Way, which was about identifying the blocks. And aside from giving my yeah. therapist decades of work to do with me, it really did kind of help me recognize okay, I have this emotional bundle here and this emotional bundle here. And once I address those, that moves and I can go do this thing. And, and I think that happens with a lot of, I think there's a lot of creativity we are robbed of because of those bundles and blockages and the loud and crappy opinions of a lot fewer people than we think there are with the crappy opinions. Mm-hmm. I agree. Hello. I'm a big girl. Thank you. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big girl and I'm fucking hot. I, found... I don't think anybody really argues with that. <laughs> so, thank you. Hello, I agree. You know, and I'm old and I'm hot. Hello, I'm fat, old yeah, and hot. Exactly. Put all that shit together. I mean, seriously, I don't look my age. I don't act my age. And being a big girl is no excuse for being an unattractive person. Big does not mean ugly. Get over it, people. I'm just saying. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, the way I put it is, even if you are, who cares? You're not, you do not owe anyone else aesthetic attractiveness if you are or not. And the way I have put it when I've gotten aggravated enough is, it's not my job to look like someone you want to fuck. Thank you. Oh, so true. So true. Yeah, which I have actually said to people, and it really does short-circuit a lot of people. <laughs> they really don't know what, what to do I with do. That. See, and there's, like, I deal with people that, you know, are so afraid to admit they're attracted to me. Not Mm -hmm. because I'm particularly the greatest thing since sliced bread, but you can see, like, the, um, the emotional confusion that some people go through when they're looking at you and they want to be, like, I mean, they want to start drooling, but it's like, Somewhere there's a switch in their head that says they're not supposed to. And it's like, get over yourself. Seriously. Just ask. You want to ask? Just ask. Go ahead. Don't be afraid. You might like the answer. (laughs) I'm astounded by how people twist and turn because of someone else's opinion of what's aesthetically pleasing. It just makes me insane. Sorry, I had a rant. Diana. Diana. I seem to have lost my guest. Although. Okay. No. No. Here. Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. What happened, my love? My mic. My microphone is shorting out. So give me just a second. So I am going to have to switch. Okay. We are going to switch equipment now. Hang in, everybody. And while we're waiting for Diana to fix the technical difficulties, tomorrow morning at 11, I will be speaking with Anwin Avalon, author of the book Way of the Water Priestess. So hope you guys come and hang out with me for that tomorrow morning. I'm looking forward to it. And Diana should be back with us any moment. But while that's taking place, Uh, If you haven't picked up a copy of Diana's book, Urban Magic, another highly recommend. Um, Really great stuff about how to get in touch with the spirits of your city, the waterways that are in your city. Folks think of city and they think of concrete. It's not just that. There's lots of places to be a magical practitioner in a city. And, again, we're talking tonight about the newer book that's coming out this fall, Hex Twisting, Counter Magic Spells for the Irritated Witch, which I'm sorry, is a perfect title, especially for somebody like me. So I hope you guys pick up a copy of that, too, when it comes out in the fall. It's going to be amazing. Okay, can you hear me? Are you back yet? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Awesome. Yes, I I can. Good. I had a fancy Bluetooth mic and unfortunately decided that it was done for the night. <laughs> so, but sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Other people's technology. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, this is on me for not keeping track of it close enough because 
you know, again, because I've suddenly had to make my life so much more portable, I have all of these nifty portable bell and whistle things that are so much nicer than my old fancy stationary things, but then they will occasionally find ways to challenge me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. so, 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 so this was today's challenge was the, oh, no, I'm done. So, yeah, it um, happens. Yeah, before you lost me, the story I wanted to tell, because you were talking about, you know, basically living as plus-sized women in this world. So many, many years ago, my ex-wife and I took a trip to Paris, and I was very nervous about it, so I made sure I dressed a lot nicer, because, you know, there are some stereotypes that people there can be kind of mean if you don't look how you think, if you don't look the way they think you should look. And what Mm -hmm. I noticed as we were going, walking through the city, because we walked everywhere, and was that there'd be these men with their skinny wives, and these men would damn near walk in a telephone pole staring at me while their mm-hmm. wives glared. So, of course, I would respond to this with this great big grin at their wives, which really made them uncomfortable. <laughs> but it was just, like they, they were so, yeah, these guys, European guys were so starved for any kind of curves that they were damn near taking themselves out in traffic just because they got to see some. Everybody wants what they don't have. Pretty well, much. You know what? It's it's just like no matter what people have, they want something else. I have found this to be true my entire life. I've got, you know, somebody who says, oh, they want skinny women, skinny women. And this tends to be something that happens, well, something that I observed in my youth. Like guys always wanted, you know, skinny girls, and I've never been a skinny girl. I think I was a skinny girl. Oh, yes, I was a skinny girl once for two hours, my third wedding, and then they fed us my favorite dessert instead of wedding cake, and I was never that small again. So, (laughs) yeah, I I actually did spend uh, two hours as a thin person one time 25 years ago. So anyway, (laughs) but the fact of the matter is, is that everything that all those people wanted when we were young suddenly want the opposite. Because I've had people from my past come up and say, you know, I really should not have broken up with you, or we really shouldn't have broken up, or I really want to be with you, or I'd love to get back with you, or whatever it is. And it just seems like as people get older and more mature, different things suddenly become more important. Like the quality of face apparently is worth a lot more than the size of my ass right now because I get a lot of attention from folks in my age group who are either single or wanting to be single to pursue something else. I mean, it's just really been interesting as I've gotten older how all of a sudden having the perfect tits is not important anymore. It's amazing. I. You know, I think that age and perspective do go a long way towards that. I know for me being poly and not, you know, not opening up my marriage until, you know, four or five years ago. But what I've been noticing is that a lot of the, a lot of younger men like to chase me. And it's the, Mm -hmm. I'm at the point where I had a relationship for five years with someone 15 years younger. I am so done with that. And he was immature even Mm -hmm. for his age group. So I wouldn't do that again anyway. Yep. But it comes down to that there is a fantasy projected across age groups about how that person in the other age group is. And what it still comes down to is, you know, the individual people, you do not know what their prior experiences are leading up to what's shaping their attraction, emotional or physical or otherwise. And for me, like what I've been learning, because... I'm still an introvert, so for me, having multiple partners, it's, it's easier to like people longer if you spend less time with each of them. But also, you know, but polyamory is not necessarily a sexual thing, and it's not for me. It's the, I have this really deep intellectual romance with this person. I have this life partner vibe with the person that I live with. And, you know, I have this long-lasting, we can come and go from each other with this other person, and there's no pressure on any of it. And so it's the, and I'm not saying this is a, everyone should be poly. You are wired for it or you're not, and if you are not inclined, Mm -hmm. do not do it. 
Do not even do it to make right. somebody else happy. Just don't do it if it's not you. No. Um, it happens to Correct. be me, and I happen to be fortunate enough to find other people where it is also natural to them. And yeah. for all of us, we're kind of self-feeders for all the people that I'm involved with. And yeah. it's really helpful. But you have to be wired for that. But it is also setting me free from some of these cycles of, oh, when I get to this age, I have to deal with these expectations. You know, I, I, I decided to take myself off of dating sites because dating during a pandemic is just next level stupid. And, you know, mm -hmm. thinking, oh, people will be nice. They'll just do Zoom dates. We can just talk and actually get to know each other. No, I'm seeing everybody who really just wants out of the gene pool right now. Oh, my. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah. And just you know, I kind of want to bookmark everyone and like just create the "Do Not Fuck This Guy" website. Right. But right. I, I'm right. pretty sure that would end all kinds of lawsuits. Yeah. It's just the. Yeah. Oh my god! And I know that I feel so bad for monogamous straight women because it's got to yeah. be so much worse for them. It's got to be so much worse. Well, I mean, my son is straight, and he, you know, he's he's just about 29 years old, and I'm like, I would not be able to cope with dating right now. How are you guys doing it? And he's like, Well, to be honest with you, the pandemic hasn't really changed all that much, and it's because they are so more disconnected than we were. Like they just sit on their phones and and talk to each other. They don't even have to be in the same, they don't even have to be in the same city, much less the same room. And I'm like, don't you people fuck anymore? I'm like, back in my day, you know, that's what we did. We were fucking, we were trying to get laid. That's what, that was what we were doing. You know, it was the seventies. It was the eighties. That was life, you know, for my age group. And they're like, yeah, we're not motivated by that. I'm like, excuse me. Uh, what is this thing on? Hello, you know. And he's like, "Yeah, we're we're not we're not motivated by sex the way you were." He's like, I, "Now don't get me wrong." He says, "I still like to have sex when it's available, but it is not the single most motivating factor." And I was kind of horrified and impressed all at the same time. Are you seeing? You know, that? I, I I am seeing that. That actually attracts. So what I'm seeing is a, a really, really awful dichotomy, a really intense dichotomy, where it's either people that aren't motivated by sex, and there's more people, part of it is I think that people are, it's starting to become okay for them to say that, because more people are uh -huh. going, oh, I am asexual, or I am, like, in the, on the asexual spectrum, and mm -hmm. I think it's also, but there's also the people that's like, they need it right now, but the way they ask for this, they don't understand about forming connections. So they end up not mm -hmm. having sex, thus we get insults, because they don't want to put the effort into forming even the most fundamental of establishment of respect. And, mm -hmm. you know, I understand a one-night stand is a casual relationship. That doesn't mean it needs to be a disrespectful relationship. And, of course, at my age, I'm old enough to go, you know what? I know where all the good vibrators are. I'm going to skip this because I don't feel like being treated like shit just to get some. And I think there is also, also a lot more of that happening, too, because seriously, you know, there is one site that I go that, that I will vent on where when I was mm -hmm. still just trying to meet people to talk to some of the I started a wall of shame with some of the things that guys were opening with on dating sites with me. And mm. it was pretty universally appalling. It's the you know what? You know, I I like mm. sex. I would like to have people to have sex with. I will skip it if they're going to treat me like that. You know, well, yeah, I, mean, I know what I have. There, there's no excuse. So, yeah, but there's yeah. no excuse for being abused or or having to put yourself in a in a position where you have to be made to feel less than for any fucking reason. Certainly not for sex, because like you said, you know where all the good vibrators are. You don't need yep. to have a person for that. As a matter of fact. And I hate to admit this, I actually sometimes prefer it by myself. Thank you so much. Oh, I think <laughs> that that is legit. You would do well with the Wicked Grounds crowd. <laughs> awesome. They talk about because all that. Quite stuff. frankly, sometimes it's just.
just too much fucking work to have to, you know, like have a participant other than me. I want to, sometimes I want to get where I'm going and I can do it faster by myself. I'm so sorry, but it's just a fact. So I, I don't see anything wrong with that. And I know people are like, oh, you know, if my partner masturbates, I get highly insulted. And I'm like, why? You should be Okay, thrilled. so I come from a bit. I come from a BDSM kink community, so it's more of a. It, it, it gets to the point where it's the where with certain partners, it's be. Uh, do you want hop or no? But it's again, right. it's a very sex positive environment that I've been living in. So things like sex and porn and so on. There's the, is it interfering with your life measure? And if it's not, it's the okay. What support do you need to get what you need? There you go. So. The, yeah, there's there's no apologies for wanting to go solo once in a while. And sometimes it is valued, especially if everyone is less stressed out because of it. Yes, I so. you know, and here's the thing. In my world, I'm the one that, has, that carries most of the stress. And everybody is very happy when this bitch is in a good mood. So they will back up because it's wise. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Let me yeah, do what I need to do. To be calm. Mhm. And it's amazing how many problems endorphins can solve. Yeah. So true. You're so smart. <laughs> I have my moments. You are great. No, I mean, first of all, I really enjoy the way you write. I really enjoyed Urban Magic. I'm really enjoying this this new book, and I think it's just gonna really. I think it's going to be very constructive because a lot of the time when we feel like somebody's throwing something at us, our immediate go-to is to throw something back. If Mm -hmm. not equal, then harder. And I think sometimes you don't necessarily want to do that. And I think the book gives you pause to be thoughtful and actually do the considering and, and maybe not take the scorched earth method like I tend to do. So I really do appreciate that about it, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that you wrote this book, to be honest with you. And I think it's going to be great for a lot of people, too. I am so glad you're enjoying it. I am looking forward to seeing what some of the, the early reviewers say and – you know, even if I get some pearl clutching, I'm kind of looking forward to that. So, and I know one of the things that, that not as much as they used to, and I, I spent some time in some Conjure and Hoodoo forums where the occasional newbie Wiccan will, newbie Neo-Wiccan or however you want to call that, will wander in and they'll be like, but it's harm none. And they will think that their rules are the universal rules and get a really painful education otherwise. Yeah. So there may be some, especially from the people that kind of disnified Wicca, but beyond that, yeah. not as much, not as much anymore, because it's more of the, huh? You mean I don't have to put up with that? Which is really the people that I'm aiming for. Yeah, and one of the things I had to learn at the hands of Dorothy Morrison, bless her, was that harm none means including yourself. So if yeah. someone's hurting you that you, if you really want to carry the law that far, harm none means harm none you too. Um, so you don't put up with it because you're not respecting the law if you let somebody get away with some stupid shit in your life. Yeah. So, yeah, I am 100% behind you on what you're doing and how you're expressing it, and I can't wait for other people to read it. I can't wait to finish reading it myself. You're amazing. I think oh, you're incredible. You. And I can't wait to have you back on because we are out of time. Please tell people where to find you and what you're up to and how they can reach you. So I am most easily reachable by Facebook right now. If you go to Diana Rachel Author, so R-A-J-C-H-E-L, you can shoot me a message there or through Golden Apple. I have also been doing a Monday night series for a local shop in Kalamazoo called Element. So I do Monday Night Live, which is a witchcraft 101 from my sometimes demented perspective. 
And I am also, I do run a spiritual consultancy. So if you need a reading, if you're having a problem or you want to figure out who's throwing at you and what to do about it, you can contact me on Facebook through the Spirited Witch, or you can shoot me an email at di at dianarachel.com and we can set up an appointment time. So those are the main things I've got going on right now. I will be at WitchCon next two weekends from now. And so I will be presenting awesome. there and teaching a class on invisibility work for immigrants and activists. So for people that need to hide from ICE or need to adjust when they are invisible, when they are visible and when they are not, this is a class will be for you. And yeah. I also will have some coming at Paganicon soon. So that's what I'll be doing. Awesome. Fantastic. Diana, thank you so much. Again, the book is coming out in the fall. Pick up Urban Magic if you haven't. But Next Twisting, Counter Magic Spells for the Irritated Witch is coming out this fall. Be on the lookout for it. We're going to have Diana back after it's released so we can talk even more about it. Thank you so much again, Diana, and I will talk to you very soon. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right, everybody. I will be back tomorrow with Anwen Avalon, from uh, the writer of the Way of the Water Priestess will be on at 11 o'clock, and I will see you all then. Have a wonderful night.